Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Patriots Beat Podcast for the week of February 22nd, 2016. Uh, I'm your host for the day, Michael Longi, and we've got plenty of stuff to talk about for the next hour or so. Uh, Gerard Mayo retires from the Patriots. Dante Scarnecchia, former offensive line coach, has been rehired after a dismal offensive line season. And we have a couple interesting free agent takes. Who fits with the Patriots? Who maybe doesn't fit? We'll talk about that and much more. We also have ESPN New Hampshire writer and former host of this very program, uh, Jeff Kane. He'll be joining the show today. He wrote a very interesting article uh, on Josh McDaniels and his time with the Patriots. And we, you know, we'll also ask him about all the other developments uh, over the past week. So, uh, you know, let's jump right into it. Uh, we'll start with Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo retired on on Tuesday afternoon he announced made his announcement on Instagram uh, a long note to Patriots fans thanking them thanking the organization Bob Kraft Bill Belichick and everybody you know Gerard Mayo say what you want about him he's he hasn't been able to play much over the past uh, four years or so because of injuries but you know he was the 10th overall pick in the 2008 draft highest draft pick on the team for the Patriots uh, and has been for, for some time. And look, he was the defensive rookie of the year. He came out. He was a great player. He made two Pro Bowls. Uh, he led the league in tackles a couple seasons. Led the Patriots in tackles for many seasons. And, you know, finished his season with, uh, finished his career, excuse me, with 535 solo tackles, 273 assists. Uh, his His career was really just hampered by injuries. He tore his pectoral muscle. I believe the same pectoral muscle. Uh, in both 2013 and then this past year, 2015, uh, mixed in between there, 2014, he tore his patella tendon in his knee and with all three season-ending injuries, required surgery. You know, you saw him come out this year, 2015. He did come back and play after the original, after the torn patella tendon, but he just wasn't the same. He was slowed down by all the injuries. He just, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't cover as much space as he used to be able to, and let's let's be honest. I mean, the the league has changed a lot from 2008 to 2016. Back in 2008, you could still use that big, heavy run-stopping linebacker in the middle of the field, and nowadays you really you really can't. There's not much of a place for for Gerard Mayo except for you know specific rundowns, things like that. He's been superseded by. Both Dante Hightower and Jamie Collins, you know, more athletic linebackers, guys who can cover more space. Dante Hightower really is kind of, in my opinion, he's Gerard Mayo, but with a little more athleticism, a little more of an ability to cover sideline to sideline. And then we all know that Jamie Collins is just, just a freak, and he can pretty much do whatever you need him to do. So his his role had diminished on the team. Couple that with the injuries. 
and you know it's 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 not entirely surprising that Gerard Mayo retired. It, it, it's it's a little shocking when you look at it and you say, "Wow, Gerard Mayo retires at age 29." You know, guys just kind of think, "Wow," but he did play eight years in the league. You know, at a at a position where you just are pounding and pounding your body constantly. You know, I mentioned the three major injuries that he had, and that's not even counting all the other minor injuries that I'm sure he suffered throughout his career. You know, you never know with all the concussion things nowadays. He probably suffered several concussions that weren't diagnosed or whatnot. So, the, I mean, there's a lot of things that could have gone into this. And it's it's it was probably just his time, to be honest. And, and it's it's tough to see him go, but at the same time, he was a great player for the Patriots for, for eight years. The, if it had not been for the injuries, he would have been, you know, I'm, I'm sure he would have been one of the leading tacklers in, in the history of the Patriots. Uh, at that middle linebacker spot, so, but it's tough to see him go, and then you have guys like like Dante Hightower who says, you know, Mayo could be a defensive coordinator today if he wanted to, you know, a lot of people have been saying that, could he be a coach, could he become uh, a defensive assistant, or maybe even linebackers coach, Patriots uh, let go of their linebackers coach a couple weeks ago, there's now an opening there, Uh, I'm sure the linebackers coach position will probably be filled by you know, one of the defensive assistants who is in place right now. I know Steve Belichick is one of those defensive, uh, one of those uh, assistant coaches. I'm not sure. Maybe he gets an upgrade. Maybe another guy gets an upgrade to that linebackers coach spot. But I, I don't, I don't doubt that Gerard Mayo could potentially end up in a, in a defensive assistant role with the paid. Maybe take a year off and get away from the game. But you know, there's a lot of people who, who are saying, I, th- I think he could do it, and. Look, I'm not in the locker room, so I couldn't tell you. But if if you have younger linebackers like Gerard Mayo and Jamie Collins and all these guys saying, yeah, he could be a defensive coordinator if he wanted to, if he could be a, a coach in the league, you know, he already knows all these guys. Bill Belichick, as I mentioned, has said on numerous occasions that he's one of the smartest players that he's ever drafted. So I mean, you saw it in action back in 2008. He stepped on the field and won Rookie of the Year. He was he was an immediate impact after getting drafted 10th overall. So, you know, I, I, I'm floating it out there as a possibility. I think that Gerard Mayo maybe takes a year off, maybe he doesn't, but I think he'll find his way onto a coaching staff uh, sooner rather than later if if he's really as smart football-wise as all these guys say he is, which, which I don't doubt. Uh, another thing that, you know, will take a little bit of a, a positive note out of this the Patriots just saved seven million dollars in cap space with Gerard Mayo's, Gerard Mayo's retirement. So, I mean, you can use that to sign some some guys. You could get, you could maybe use that money, put it towards extensions for both Hightower and Collins. You know, Chandler Jones is also a guy who's going to need an extension after next year. So, these are the things you can start working on now with that extra seven million dollars. Uh, on the flip side of that, you are also now very thin at linebacker. Uh, your linebackers are Dante Hightower and Gerard Mayo. I mean, Dante Hightower, excuse me, and Jamie Collins. And then eesh, your third guy, maybe Jonathan Freeney, who had a lot of injury problems this year. Uh, there's not not many linebackers uh, waiting in the wings at this point right now. So, uh, Which actually brings me to uh, something that we'll talk about later in the show, a linebacker who is just... Uh, put on the market, and we'll talk about that as well. But uh, Gerard Mayo, as I mentioned, you know, has done after eight years, and 
you know, a salute to him because he did serve this team very well over the the years he was healthy. Uh, he he played a pretty pivotal role this year. Uh, you know, Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins suffered some injuries. You know, Jamie Collins missed what was it six weeks with that mystery illness. Uh, so I mean, Gerard Mayo stepped in and had to make plays and had to be the guy again. And while he wasn't 2008 Gerard Mayo, he was still you know an effective player in that spot. So uh, it's 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 I'm glad to see him go. Uh, on his own terms, I'm glad that uh, you know he wasn't just cut by a team or anything like that. I'm glad he said, you know what, this is just my time and I'm done. So, salute to Gerard Mayo. Uh, another uh, pretty big piece of news that came through the wires uh, this week was uh, Dante Scarnecchia being rehired as offensive line coach. Uh, now I'm sure this has been talked about, you know, ad nauseum at this point because there was rumors maybe a month, a month and a half ago that that Dante Scarnecchia had reached out and that the teams were in talks to maybe bring him back. Uh, it was made official this past Tuesday. So that's, you know, kind of why I'm mentioning it here. And, you know, could not be soon enough. You know, Dave DeGuglielmo, he did a, a, a as good of a job, I think, as he could have done with, with, you know, all the injuries that he had to deal with this year and everything like that. But looking at the stats, you know, after 2013, when we... Yeah, so we'll look at 2013... When Dante Scarnecchia retired that season, uh, they had they gave up 40 sacks. The Patriots, uh, Tom Brady was pressured 32 percent of the time, and you know that's just he was getting his butt kicked that year. But then you look at rushing yards, and you know 129 rushing yards per game at 4.4 yards a pop. Those are some pretty good numbers. Now with Dave DeGuglielmo. Over the past two years, the rushing numbers have dropped actually pretty dramatically. 2014, the sacks and pressure percentage was down. 26 sacks pressured on 28.9% of the snaps. Rushing yards dropped to 107 yards per game on 3.9 rushing yards per attempt. And then this year, they dropped to 87 yards per game. So, And then the sacks go up to 38, pressured 35% of the time. I mean, look, part of it is personnel. Part of it is you had a lot of guys injured. Nate Solder missed the year. Ryan Wendell missed the year pretty much. So you can't blame it all on Dave DiGuglielmo, but at the same time, these problems really started happening when he when he became the guy, right? So uh, you needed to do something. You needed to make something happen. I think getting letting go of Dave DiGuglielmo sent a message to the players Say, listen, we're not gonna accept anything less than you know the best from you guys. And then at the same time, you come in and you say we're gonna bring in Skarnecchia. He knows you know the system. He knows the players. Uh, he's been helping scout and evaluate players for the draft even after his retirement in 2013. So he knows the people that have been drafted by the Patriots and he probably even knows a pretty decent amount about the guys who are coming in in the draft this year uh, which will be a huge help it'll be a huge help because we know you know obviously not having a first or a fourth round pick this year i think offensive line depth is is something that needs to be seriously looked at in the draft this year so uh, i'm glad to have Skarnecchia back in the fold uh, I got a quote from Damian Woody right here who said, listen, I can tell you when he coached me, his attention to detail was relentless. He was very demanding on doing things the right way. He was also able to identify guys who fit the team's philosophy and then he coached their butts off. 
I mean, there's not just there's just not many better than him. So, I mean, that's really all you need to say. Damian Woody played center here for a long time. And then he went, he's been with other teams. So he's, he's been coached by different offensive line coaches and things like that. I think I'm going to take his word for it. And I think that Skarniecki is going to make a real impact uh, coming into, coming into the season. So uh, I'm glad he's back. I'm definitely glad he's back. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be joined by Jeff Kane of ESPN New Hampshire in just a couple minutes. Uh, we're gonna talk about his interesting article on Josh McDaniels, and I'm gonna ask him a couple things. Uh, we've got a couple free agents that have hit the market, and a couple could be very interesting, uh, very interesting fits for the Patriots here. So Matt Forte is the number one guy that uh, a lot of people have been talking about. A lot of people have been kind of linking him to the Patriots in a way here. He's he's a perfect fit, as we all know. He's a guy who can, you know, be the workhorse. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can do a lot of different things. And he's been, you know, a star in this league. Now, on the flip side, he makes something like $9 million a year, and he's 30 years old. So, you know, if he's willing to take a pay cut and, things like that, I think he can be a a very, very welcome addition to this Patriots team. Uh, Whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. He has played with the Bears for his entire eight-year career, and they haven't really done anything in that time. So it it could be, it's a valid argument to say, well, you know, he might just want to win a ring at this point. And, you know, you got to consider the Patriots as a team that, that could be one of those teams vying for a ring next year anyway. So that's one guy. And then uh, a couple of days ago, the St. Louis Rams, in what appears to me to be a, a money-saving move, uh, they cut ties with three fairly significant players on their team, uh, defensive end Chris Long, uh, linebacker James Laurinaitis, and tight end Jared Cook. Now, a couple of the guys, you know, James, uh, Chris Long, I'm not sure you know where he fits. He makes a lot of money, and he plays defensive end where you know the Patriots have actually had a pretty set on offensive line. I mean, defensive line, excuse me, but the the other two guys, James Laurinaitis and Jared Cook, they intrigue me a little bit. I did mention the 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 need for linebacker depth now that Gerard Mayo's out of the picture, and we've been searching for that second tight end to, to go with Gronk ever since uh, Aaron Hernandez got in his trouble. So the Scott Chandler experiment did not work out last year. Jared Cook is a, a, a more athletic guy. He can stretch the field. He's got good hands. Uh, he might be a guy worth taking a look at. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll talk about all this stuff with uh, Jeff Kane of ESPN New Hampshire. Uh, stick around after the interview. We'll we'll wrap things up after that. We'll I'll give you my thoughts on everything and uh, and all that stuff. So uh, let's uh, let's get a hold of Jeff. All right, we are joined by ESPN New Hampshire writer and former host of this very program, Jeff Kane. Jeff, how you doing? Good thanks, Mike. How you doing today? Great, great. Uh, I just want to talk about uh, a couple things. We obviously had a, a couple big moves today, uh, this week. Gerard Mayo retires, Dante Scarnecchia officially hired back. But I want to start off with your your article on Josh McDaniels. I, I haven't <laughs> mentioned it, uh, what it was about on the show yet, but you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about it and what, uh, what made you want to write this article? Well, the, uh, the name of the article is, is uh, it's time for the Patriots to move on from Josh McDaniels. And uh, before uh, before people stop listening or start calling me a, a moron and this and that, there's a lot of weight behind this. Um, 
listen, don't get me wrong. McDaniels has done a good job here as a uh, New England Patriots offensive coordinator. Uh, obviously, they've been to one Super Bowl uh, that they won uh, last year, and they've been to one Super Bowl that they've lost back in 2007, uh, that historic 16-0 season. But one of the things that really strikes me with McDaniels is his lack of the commitment to establishing a run game. And, you know, people sit there and say, oh, last year, you know, um, you, you had Dion Lewis got hurt and uh, Garrett Blount got hurt and the in- injuries on the offensive line. It isn't just that, Mike. It, it, it's it's across the board. It, it goes back to, uh, you know, 2007 when he was given the keys to a Cadillac with uh, Randy Moss and Wes Welker and Dante Stallworth, uh, you know, and sets a, a 16-0 record, goes into the uh, Super Bowl. Um, the Super Bowl he got to because Lawrence Maroney uh, had back-to-back 120-plus yard games in the uh, playoffs, and they abandoned the run in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and it just happens over and over with him, uh, where he just gets away, he gets to finesse. Um, and I understand, when you got Tom Brady, you want to win with Tom Brady, but at some point you have to be a physical team. And the Patriots, since Josh McDaniels took over the original time in 2005 as the play caller, um, right up till now, they've become more of a finesse team than a grounded pile team. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that also has uh, bears out in, you know, the offensive line issues and all this stuff. I mentioned earlier today, I was, you know, running through the stats kind of from, you know, ever since Dante Scarnecchia retired and, you know, the, the rushing yards per game has severely dropped from 129 yards per game in 2013, all the way down to 87 yards this past season. And, you know, the, the, at the same time, sacks and pressure percentages are going up. So, I mean, it's, it, it, it has to be a function of just passing the football too much. That's basically what you're saying, right? Oh, that's definitely what I'm saying. And, you know, people sit there and they say that it's a passing league and you don't need the running back. You still need to run the ball. Now, do you need an Adrian Peterson who's going to carry the ball 25 times a game? Uh, no, but you need a solid running, running game. And I look no further, Mike, than... When you look at uh, every Super Bowl champion, there's been 50 Super Bowl champions now. Out of those 50, only three teams have won the Super Bowl in a year where they average less than 100 yards on the ground as a team. Now, with Super Bowl V, the Baltimore Colts, Super Bowl 37, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Super Bowl 46, the New York Giants, those were the only three teams that did not have an average of 100-plus rushing yards per game as a team that were able to win the Super Bowl. So obviously something's, something's not amiss here. There's hard facts behind the fact you have to somewhat be a balanced team to win a Super Bowl. And that actually kind of, you know, if we think back to that Giants team, that Giants team really wasn't that good of a team on the offensive side of the ball. It was all defense for them at that point. So I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. Let's let's actually kind of segue that in. You, you need to be able to run the ball, right? What do you think about Matt Forte? Do you think he's a potential option? I said if he takes a pay cut and he just wants to win, I think he, that this is no better place than New England for him to come. Mike, I couldn't agree with you more. But here's the, here's the thing with Matt Forte. He's come out and he said that, you know, he'd like to win a Super Bowl. He's willing to take a pay cut uh, to get there and do that. But he made, had a cap hit over, over $9 million last year. So, what kind of pay cut are we talking about? I mean, if we're talking the, the 2 to $3 million range, uh, then maybe the Patriots are going to go out there and make a, uh, make a play for them. If we're talking 4 to $5 million, 
I would have to say the Patriots will probably say thanks, but no thanks. They don't like to spend a lot of money on the running back position, um, but it's something that they're going to need to do. I look at Matt Forte as a guy who has two, maybe three good years left. I know he's got one solid year left, and it kind of reminds me of after the 2003 season, the Patriots averaged 3.7 yards per carry, won a Super Bowl with Antoine Smith as their leading rusher with 648 yards rushing. They went out and traded for Corey Dillon, who then in his age 30 year ran for 1,600 yards. That could be Matt Forte. Um, you know, two years later, they, they drafted Morris Moroney to be the uh, heir apparent to, uh, to Corey Dillon. And, as, uh, of course, that didn't happen. So if I'm looking at Matt Forte, I think he could definitely come in here for a year and really kill it. Uh, and then you're wondering if it's a two- or three-year deal, what's going to happen after that? So they need to supplement not if they were to sign Matt Forte, um, you know, with, uh, with a young running back who can get it done. That's definitely that's definitely a good point, and you know the the Corey Dillon thing. Uh, you know I've been hearing it a lot, and I remember back at that time. You know, people weren't happy that you move on from Antoine Smith. Some people were not happy about it. He was an older guy, and then you bring in this guy Corey Dillon, who had attitude problems in Cincinnati, but then he came out. He had something to prove. He wanted to win, and they went out and did it. I you know I feel like Matt Forte. He's been a great running back over his eight years, but I feel like he still doesn't really get the kind of respect that he thinks he should get. This is a guy who had over 100 catches two years ago, in addition to all his rushing yards. So, you know, I think, you know, if you, if you, could, if you could pay him two years for 10 maybe $11 million, I, I think you might need to jump on that. I would jump on it. I highly doubt that the Patriots would put that much capital into a running back. And it's unfortunate. But, you know, you did say one thing that, that's really important there is the fact that he catches the ball as well. We've heard over and over again that the Patriots use the big back and the passing back. It's time to really get away from that because they get too uh, they get too predictable when you have the big back and, the, and then the passing back. Look back to last year uh, when Legarrette Blount was on the on the field, you knew it was going to be one of two things: it was going to be a handoff or a play action pass. And then when you had Deion Lewis and or James White on the field, uh, more towards James White. Uh, you knew it was going to be a pass. I mean, James White started, or didn't start, but played in nine games after Deion Lewis got hurt and got like 26 carries. So, obviously, when one of them was on the field, I mean, it, it tipped your hand. The Patriots need to have running backs out there that they're not just going to be the passing back and catching the ball. You need to, you know, expect them to run the ball. And that's that's one of the things that they had with Deion Lewis, that he did run the ball well. If you look back to a guy like uh, Danny Woodhead, same type of thing. Kevin Falk as well. There was at least a threat of the running game uh, when the passing back was on there. And even going back to uh, Antoine Smith, he was able to catch the ball a little bit out of the backfield. So whoever they decide to bring in here is going to need to also be able to catch the ball as well as run. Yeah, and and you're right. It's probably not going to be Forte. It's probably going to be someone like Deion Lewis that we've never heard of before he steps on the field in training camp. And he's going to show out and he's going to be great. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this. Take a look at Benny Cunningham from the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They okay, got depth okay. at running back. He's a restricted free agent. Um, he was undrafted, so the Rams would have to tender him at the highest level um, to keep him as a restricted free agent. This is a guy who can run the ball and catch the ball. Keep an eye on him. I will keep an eye on him. And we'll say we heard it here first from Jeff Kane on Patriots Beat. 
so let's talk a little bit about the, the the Los Angeles Rams that you just mentioned. Uh, I actually called them the St. Louis Rams earlier in this show because <laughs> I still haven't gotten used to it yet. But they they just kind of made what appears to me to be a total money saving move. They they got rid of Chris Long, defensive end, linebacker James Laurinaitis, and tight end Jared Cook. Now, out of those three, I said that Laurinaitis and Jared Cook are the two guys that the Patriots should probably give a look to. You know, you just lost Gerard Mayo. You need the linebacker depth. I'm not sure what his contract looks like. I know Chris Long makes a lot of money, and we're pretty much all set on the defensive line. But Jared Cook is the guy who really intrigues me. He's a big guy. He can catch the ball out of, you know, down the field, not just kind of quick crossing routes, things like that. And, you know, the Scott Chandler experiment didn't work. And we've been looking for, you know, Aaron Hernandez 2.0 ever since he's he left. What do you think about Jared Cook? I like Jared Cook. I mean, ever since his days back in uh, Tennessee, he's been a decent uh, tight end. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not on the Rob Gronkowski level or, you know, on the, um, I can't think of the kid, Tyler Eifert out of uh, Cincinnati. He's not on that level, but he's on that next step down. And that could really help the Patriots uh, when they get into that, you know, um, ace set where they've got two tight ends on the field and they're trying to do a couple different things. They did it a lot in 2011. Uh, when they had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, if they were able to go out and have two tight ends in the field and go from, you know, a power formation, uh, two tight ends with a single running back and two wide receivers uh, to five wide and allowing them to catch the ball. Uh, you know, a lot of us thought that that was going to happen with Scott Chandler. Now, for whatever reason, it didn't. Uh, you know, Chandler was just inconsistent. Uh, he had the drops. He was injured. So, I think that they could take a look at a guy like uh, like Jared Cook. Um, it'll all depend again on money because they're not going to want to spend a ton of money on uh, you know on a second tight end, especially when they have high hopes for AJ Derby, the uh, second year player out of Arkansas. They were really high on him going into training camp before he got hurt. And what about Laurinaitis? I, I just mentioned the linebacker depth is definitely an issue, and he you know he was a star at Ohio State, not necessarily as much of a star in the league, but I mean, he's still a solid linebacker. Well, I like Laurinaitis, and if you really had a, you know, uh, first or second linebacker need, um, you know, I would say that the Patriots should take a look at him. Uh, the problem is that they really don't have a, you know, a top two linebacker you know, need. And in this league, you basically have, you know, it, it's everyone talks about three, four, four, three. Um, you know, whether it be four linebackers on the field, three linebackers on the field, the base defense now is, is usually, you know, with a nickel back on the field, with a big nickel in, in another safety. So if I'm looking at a linebacker behind uh, Dante Hightower or Jamie Collins, it's going to be someone that is young and they're developing and who can give you good special teams uh, contributions. And, and that's really not James Laurinaitis. Now, could they bring him in, take a look at him, and, and kind of the same thing they did with Jabal Sheard this year, uh, where the less is more by, you know, basically uh, putting Jabal Sheard in, in a rotation with Rob Nikovich and Chandler Jones and make both players better. Uh, they could do that. Um, and, I, and I wonder how James Solonitis, uh would fit in here. Uh, the one thing that the, the Patriots do have is they have the line coach daily. Um, he coached uh, in uh, St. Louis, so he can kind of give them, uh, you know, exactly what they could get out of James Laurinaitis or, or even Chris Long, even though I think Long would not, you know, even be looked upon as All right, Jeff, great stuff. Listen, you guys can read Jeff Kane at ESPNNewHampshire.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Boston Fat Guy. 
Uh, Jeff, thanks a lot for coming on today, and uh, and I really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Oh, no problem, Mike. Uh, you know, CLNS, great place to uh, get everything going, and don't forget to listen to Patriots Speed. It's a great place to, uh, to listen for some Patriots football. You got it, man. I'm trying to stake my claim to it right now. All right, we'll talk to you soon, Jeff. See you, buddy. All right, great stuff as always from ESPN New Hampshire's Jeff Kane. Be sure to go ahead and read him on ESPN New Hampshire, and you can also follow him on Twitter at Boston Fat Guy. Uh, he is a great follow. So, you know, uh, the McDaniel's article was very interesting to me. I, I read it and I was like, wow. You know, I full disclosure, you know, I've known Jeff for a little bit now. We've done a couple shows together, and I know for a fact that he is not a Josh McDaniel's fan, and he really never has been. So the article, you know. Seeing it didn't come as much of a surprise to me, but reading it, you know, he 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 has a lot of good points in there. Uh, the the reliance on the passing game is is something that I've had an issue with over the past couple of years, and especially a couple times this year, when you know, and uh, if you ever listen to me on the Patriots post game show or anything like that, you can, you know, I was always like, well, what are they doing throwing all these these wheel routes and and seam passes and things like that, pushing the ball down the field, almost forcing it down the field when they don't really have anybody who can go get it. And why aren't they running the football more? Why aren't they effective at all in running the football? And he, he said the, the key word right there. I mean, it makes you one-dimensional. It makes you predictable. And that's that's what the Patriots were, especially in the AFC Championship game against Denver. Denver didn't even consider running plays. They they were like, Patriots not going to run the football. They can't move it. So does part of that have to do with Deion Lewis being out for the year? Sure, but he he brought it up right there. He's, you know you get a Legarrette Blunt and a Deion Lewis or a James White. Their their styles are so contrasting that it makes you predictable. Well, Legarrette Blunt's in there. It's going to be a power run play. When James White's in there, it's going to be a pass. You know what I mean? Things like that. I mean Deion Lewis could run the ball and catch the ball. You know a little bit. So that'll that'll be fine you can you know make some things happen with that not as predictable but he gets hurt and then you're right back to being incredibly predictable again uh, that's that's the reason why i think matt forte is such a good fit and we talked about it a little bit back there he you know the money is going to be the issue it's not the it's not the desire it's not that matt forte has said that he'll take a pay cut and he said that he wants to win a super bowl uh, that's got to be music to bill belichick's ears except and jeff brought it up what what is the pay cut gonna be? Now I think personally that if if you're gonna have to pay him, you know, two years, he says he's got two three good years left. I think you know if you're gonna pay Matt Forte uh, two years, ten eleven million dollars, I I think you gotta jump on it. He, he, you know the the Patriots probably won't, and, and it's a good point by Jeff saying that they don't spend money on running backs and spending you know five and a half five five and a half million dollars on a running back. That's that's just not gonna work. But, you know, I, I think you might want to take the risk and and try to sign him. The guy has been very durable throughout his career, despite all the work he gets. And, you know, I said it when I was talking to Jeff, you, you know, 100 catches two years ago. I mean, that's from the running back spot. He's a guy who can legitimately affect it, both the passing game and the running game. So you could conceivably keep him out there for all three downs and not really worry about it, and at the same time, that that when b- before when other teams thought, oh yeah, they're really predictable. If he's on the field, they're gonna run. If he's on the field, they're gonna pass. Now you have Matt Forte out there, and you don't know what's gonna happen. 
So, you know, scheme-wise and, you know, X's and O's-wise, I think it makes perfect sense for the Patriots to go after Matt Forte. And then when you look at the money, his cap hit was $9 million last year, and it can't be anywhere close to that if he's going to play with the Patriots. It can't be anywhere close to that. So, I mean, it's all about what, you know, kind of Matt Forte's priorities are if he wants to if he thinks he's made enough money it's, it's always sketchy in the NFL too because these guys they don't make enough money because they at the end of their careers they can't even move half of the guy you know what I mean so is he gonna want to go for that one last uh, big payday he could probably still get that big payday for a running back uh, at 30 years old with you know how much he's contributed over the past eight years is he gonna go for that one last you know big payday or is he gonna say, listen, I just really want to win a Super Bowl. I want to be a part of a winning team. Uh, I'll take the pay cut as much as you want and come play for the Patriots. So we'll see there. But we also talked a little bit about James Laurinaitis, Chris Long. Neither of us think Chris Long is going to is gonna be on the team. So uh, Jared Cook is the guy that kind of intrigued both of us. And, you know, you really have been looking for that guy who can be the second tight end to Rob Gronkowski ever since Aaron Hernandez went to jail, you know? So it's, it's, you know, Jared Cook, it, I, I, I'm, I'm looking up his contract right now to see, you know, kind of what, what we're looking at. Okay. So he's, you know, he was making $7 million a year, cap hit of $8 million. And that's way too much. Once again, uh, for the Patriots' blood. I mean, you're not going to pay $7 million to a second tight end. It's just not going to happen. So um, he'll have to take a pay cut as well. We'll see You know how that works out. I'm, n- I'm not entirely sure what his ideas are because he's still a pretty young guy. He's been around, I, th- I think he's 28, 27, 28 years old. He's been around for you know four or five years at this point. He could still get a big contract. Maybe he's thinking, nah, I'm, I'll go for the payday. We'll see. But I think I think the Patriots take a look at him, for sure. Why wouldn't you? You know, if you could have, just think about it. You know, for all the people who play fantasy football, think about having Rob Gronkowski and Jared Cook, and having Tom Brady throwing them the football, with you know, all Jeff's hatred for Josh McDaniels aside. You know, Josh McDaniels running that two tight end offense, that could be really interesting. But. You know, we'll see. He'll also probably help in 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 run blocking as well. the The run blocking thing, and we didn't really get a chance to talk about Dante Scarnecchia during the interview today, but I think that's going to be the big thing for for Scarnecchia. He's going to try to make these guys run blocker. He's going to, you know, he's going to try to help the running game, and the running game needs to be helped. It needs to be because again, it goes back to the predictability issue and the fact that you are just so heavily dependent on Tom Brady throwing the football 50 times a game uh, you just need to do something else and if he is going to be out there throwing the ball 50 times a game because McDaniel says well that's how we're going to play then you need offensive linemen who can pass protect and who are going to be able to work together and make some things happen and you know it goes back to the Damian Woody quote you know he just kind of takes guys Skarnecchia finds the right guys who fit the system fit the philosophy and then he works them and works them and works them until they're great and you know there's no denying his his 
his abilities. I mean, think about some of the great offensive linemen that the Patriots have had since 1999. You know, Dan Connolly, Matt Light, Logan Mankins, Sebastian Vollmer, all these guys, you know, great, great. And I'm missing so many that like, I just can't think of right now. So many great offensive linemen who worked together as a unit. You know, Tom Brady before the pet, you know, a couple years ago, since like 2013, really, he's never really been under duress in the pocket constantly, you know, barring, you know, a couple instances here and there. But for the most part, he really hasn't been a guy who's been running for his life. Uh, part of that has to do with, hey, he throws the, he gets the football out in under two seconds, right? That's the, that's the, the thing we heard all last year. If he gets it out in under two seconds, he's all set. So that has something to do with it, but it also has something to do with the offensive line and how well they're playing. So that's uh, that's definitely going to have to be something that is worked on. Uh, Skarnecchia will will certainly help with that. I'm sure he will. I'm, I have no doubt about that. So, uh, but look, guys, I think I mean we're, we're pretty much out of things to talk about for this week. Not much going on. Uh, Patriots are, are pretty much out of the news now until yeah, well, mid March the Deflategate stuff will pop up again. I'm sure you know things will be written and said about that and. You know, Patriots really aren't too heavily involved in, you know, when you're looking at, you know, watching TV and things like that, all these mock drafts, you're not seeing the Patriots because they don't have a first round pick. So, yeah, I mean, we're really not going to start hearing, you know, real football stuff about the Patriots again until, you know, mid to end of April when the draft starts getting really, really close. And, you know, what are we looking for in the draft? I think the Patriots need offensive line depth probably linebacker depth and, you know, things like that. Jeff mentioned it when we talked about James Laurinaitis. He said, yeah, well, maybe, but you if you needed a top two linebacker, you'd go after him. But, you know, you already have Hightower and, May, uh, Hightower and Collins, and you're really probably looking for a guy who can impact in spurts and give you a, good, a lot of good special teams. So, you know, things like that. That's probably what you're looking for. Maybe, I don't know, cornerback help or something like that. But there's not there's not many positions on the field that you that you you have glaring weaknesses. Like I think defensive line is is good, great. I think the defensive line is great. Linebacking core is a little thin, great talent. You could probably use some depth in the secondary and you could definitely use depth on the offensive line, but other than that, I mean Running back, maybe, yeah, and then wide receivers, I think you're probably all set. Second tight end, I don't know. If Scott Chandler doesn't get his act together, I don't know whether they're going to you know, give him another crack or not, but there's, there's not too many positions of need for the page, which is good. I mean, that's a good position to be in. I think offensive line depth is the number one thing they're going to go after. I think a second, their second-round pick, I think, should be an offensive lineman. And, and preferably a tackle, either a left or a right tackle, because you know at this point guards, you've got a lot of guards. You've got Josh Klein, you've got Shaq Mason, you've got Trey Jackson. You know Ryan Wendell has played guard, and then you have David Andrews, who could play center, and you also have Wendell who could play center. So uh, and Stork who could play center. So you can the interior offensive line I think is good. If we're going to get specific, you need tackles, left and right tackles. You need depth there. So. That's what I'm looking for him to go hit in the in the second round of the draft, maybe third round. We'll see, but uh, 
until then, guys, we really yeah, unless news pops up, we're we're looking at some some scant months ahead uh, in terms of Patriots news. But look, I mean, the Patriots are still going into next year. They're going to be a favorite to contend in the AFC. They're going to be a favorite to make it to the Super Bowl, and they're probably going to be one of the the favorites to win it once again because you still have Tom Brady and you still have Bill Belichick. And at the end of the day, that's that's served the Patriots well over the past 15 years. So, uh, But look, guys, I, I'm not sure whether or not I'll be back next week, but the, the show will absolutely be back next week. Patriots Beat, you guys can sure be sure to go ahead and follow us uh, on Twitter at Patriots Beat. You can also be sure to follow CLNS Radio on Twitter at CLNS Radio. Uh, be sure to check us out, clnsradio.com. Get all the the biggest news on all your favorite Boston sports teams. Uh, and you can also go ahead and follow me on Twitter at M underscore Alonji. So uh, listen, guys, until we until you hear from me again, uh, enjoy your week, enjoy your month, enjoy however long it will be until we meet again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.